You're about to listen to a message by Pastor Ikenna Okeke of the Father's Church. This message will challenge, encourage, and propel you to fulfill your purpose and live that life that God originally designed for you as revealed in His Word. Be blessed as you listen. Okay, today is a beautiful day, a wonderful day. Praise the Lord. Today we have um, the privilege of having our communion. We're going to share in the broken body and shed blood of our Lord and Savior Jesus. Amen. And um, we are also here in the first Sunday. The year is moving already. This is February already. How many of us know this is February? Praise the Lord. 2024 is, is getting old. Praise the Lord. Okay, let's bow our heads. Father, we want to thank you because you are a good, good father. You are so good indeed. You are just wonderful. By every count, everywhere we turn, you are a wonderful, wonderful God to us. And we thank you that you have drawn us and adopted us not just to be your creation, but to be your very own sons and daughters. You have given us a right to be called your children. This morning we come, O oh Lord, with hearts of gratitude. We come to worship you. We come to acknowledge you. We come to bow before you. We come to say that you own us and is our delight to worship you. We welcome your presence in this place. We say, let your pleasure be done. Let your name be glorified. Lord, the beautiful things we've seen in our lives, many of them, most of them, we did not ask of you. So as you behold us in fellowship with you today, look upon us, O Lord. Let your grace abound towards us. Touch us where we need to be touched. Heal us where we need to be healed. Deliver us, correct us, instruct us, O Lord. Work your work in us, O Lord, that when we are done with this meeting, we will look like people who have been with the Lord. Thank you, our Father. We give you praise and glory. In Jesus Christ's name we pray. Amen. Hallelujah. Okay, come with me to John chapter 6, and, um, and we're going to read from verse 52 to 59. In John chapter 6, we have the discourse that Jesus had with the Jews. A very long one, but we're just taking a bit of it. It was at the end of this conversation that many of them turned and said, we are not doing again. Okay, but we will do anyhow in the name of Jesus. Praise the Lord. So in John six fifty-two, the Bible says, the Jews... Therefore, quarreled among themselves, saying, How can this man give us his flesh to eat? Then Jesus said to them, Most assuredly I say to you, Unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise him up at the last day. For my flesh is food indeed, and my blood is drink indeed. He who eats my flesh and drinks my blood abides in me, and I in him. 57. As the living Father sent me, and I live because of the Father, so he who feeds on me will live because of me. This is the bread which came down from heaven, not as your fathers ate the manna and are dead. He who eats the bread will live forever. Say, these things he said in the synagogue as he taught in Capernaum. May the Lord bless the reading of his word in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise the Lord. Okay, our verse here, verse 52 of our text, says something very important there. It says, the Jews quarreled among themselves, saying, how can this man give us his flesh to eat. It means they thought about it, they heard what he said, and amongst them, you know, they didn't understand it. Why? How? What is he saying? What does he mean? And the first thing I want us to begin to, you know, consider this morning is that you and I 
I, you, every one of us here as, you know, living today, Christians today, must be very, very careful, wary, the way we look at or judge the people whose reactions and responses were recorded in the Bible. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Everyone here, I mean, you're either in school or you're finished school. Did you notice that past exam question papers were always easier than the one you wrote? Or is it only me? I never saw an exam where the exam I wrote was easier than past ones. Each time you look through past examination papers, they looked easy. Praise God. They looked easy. So when they say I was tough, then you're looking at it. It never looked tough until you got into the hall and had the one with your own date on it. Praise the Lord. Spiritually, it is the same. You see, a few weeks back, I think it was sometime in January, we saw how the Jews turned and left him. And then he turned to Peter and the eleven and said, are you not going? And, you know, we, we call them that these people were not serious. How could they just turn from Jesus? Peter answered, well, you know, Peter said, you have the words of eternal life to whom shall we go and all of that. So Peter passed the examination. But the multitude that failed it, have you considered, have you examined yourself to make sure that you're not amongst them? Are we together this morning? Because the majority did not understand. The majority quarreled. In fact, it says the Jews. So Peter and the others were an exception to the Jews. What it means is that today, you and I may be in a situation where the majority are still wrong and missing a lot of things and thinking that we are the majority and because we are the majority, we're right. You know, in democracy, majority should carry the vote, right? That's why I say should carry the vote. You know, it's not the case in our situation now, but it's going to turn around in Jesus' name. But with God, interestingly also, majority does not indicate what is right. Because we see these people, they heard what Jesus said, and just like we read it now, we read and we know what he's saying, we think we know, we understand it now. But to them, they asked the question, how can this man give us his flesh to eat? It's not an easy position that they found themselves in but what is the key to them to begin to understand it let me show you come with me to john 6 in john 6 verse 26 from 22 down to 26 but i I take 26 jesus had fed the multitude and then the next day they were looking for him and they came across the sea and they found him And they said, Rabbi, what's up? Rabbi, what's up? Uh, We've been looking for you. When did you come here? Jesus answered and said to them, He said, most assuredly, I say to you what? You seek me not because you saw the signs, but what? Because you ate of the loaves and were filled. Anyhow, they were seeking him. Praise God. They were what? So, many are seeking him. But Jesus was saying, I'm not impressed, or not, rather, you're not blessed. You haven't gotten it right just because you seek me. It matters why you seek me. Are we together? It matters why you seek me. Now, if somebody is giving me miracle love, I will look for him. Oh. Praise the Lord. Won't you look for him? I'll look for him. Okay? But this is what he said to them. He said, not because you saw the signs. Now, the science does not stop you from eating the loaf. But what Jesus was saying here was that when you ate the loaf, your belly should not just have been filled. Your mind and your heart should have been interrogating. Who is this that is giving us? He can make profit from this bread. Why is he giving us free? Do you understand? They did not apply their basic human thinking. So, The conversation goes further on. I'm trying to get an answer to why they should have at least passed this exam. You know, it's past question paper. If you move forward now, in 28, they now went on and I said, okay, okay, it's all right, we'll hear that. Then they said to him now, what shall we do that we may do what? Work the works of God. Okay, what did Jesus answer? 
Jesus answered and said to them, This is the work of God that you what? That you believe in him whom he sent. Now, the Jews were expecting the Messiah. It was in response to this that he asked the disciples at some point, I said, who do men say that I am? And they said different things. Then Peter said, thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. And he said, flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my father, which is in heaven. So another place here, Jesus said to them, this is the work of God that you believe in him whom he sent. Now the Messiah was the redeemer, the God sent one that was the final message that God was going to bring for the deliverer of the Jews. He said to them, this is him. I am here. Praise God. So when Jesus says to them, unless you eat my flesh and drink my blood, you have no life in you. And they begin to say, how can this man give us his flesh to eat? You know where they failed it? Can somebody guess where they failed it? This man is not just a man. He is the Messiah. Do you get in This man, he said to the Samaritan woman, he said, if you knew who it was, who spoke to you, you would ask him and he will give you. Praise the Lord. So the revelation of who Jesus is or who Jesus was, you know, in, in their time was their issue. They saw him as a man who gave free loaves. No, but he was God who was giving them loaves. And if only they had seen him as God, and they know that this God, the Bible says in the beginning was the word, and the word was God, and the word was God. Okay? If they saw him as God, whatever God says is, isn't it? So, it would not be a question of how can. It would be, Lord, explain to us. Is someone following me this morning? Because you're in a situation right now where God is trying to do something for you and with you or to bring you somewhere, but you are stuck at how can. You see, amongst men, you can ask how can. But when is God you and I are dealing with, he that comes to God, what? Must believe that he what? Is and is a reward. He is capable. He is able. He's more than able. He knows what to do. It might appear as though, you know, there's no way out of this, but provided it is God we are talking about. So when they said, How can this man? They missed it. Nicodemus even took it a step higher. He said, You are not just a normal man because what you're doing, no man can do it. If these Jews had processed that a bit, they would have gotten a better answer. Praise the Lord. So this man that they were talking to was or is the son of God. And for us today, we know that, you know, looking back. But going forward, do we always know that? Do we always find ourselves in situations and know that I didn't bring myself this far? God brought me this far. And he didn't bring me this far to what? To leave me alone. He that began the good work in me is what? Faithful to perform it. Praise the Lord somebody. Okay, let's go back to our text. Okay. So this is what I saw. Because I was saying this is a tough question. You know, tough situation the Jews found themselves in. But, you know, I think the Lord gave me how they could have helped it. But let's go for our own lesson here now. So it says, Most assuredly I say to you, Unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. Another very important thing we know is that noticed in 52, in verse 52, when the Jews quarreled amongst themselves concerning what Jesus said. Now, Jesus knew that they did not agree, knew that they were not happy. I want to ask you, what did Jesus do to make them agree or like what he said? What did he do? I need you to help me. The Jews therefore quarreled amongst saying, how can this man do this? How can he say this? 53, let's see. Give us King James Version. King James Version in 53 will say, Then Jesus said to them, Verily, verily, I say unto you. How many of us lived in Lagos here? Abuja people may begin to know the experience now. In those days, one of the ways that you know if you're in the hold-up, if you buy things in the hold-up, okay, in traffic, one of the ways you know you've gotten a good deal is when the man is not talking again. Oga 500 naira. You go up, go down. He's not talking again. He has told you the truth. When he says 500 naira, he says, in fact, this thing, I bought it 700, but I want to sell it to you 500. The truth hasn't come out. 
But when he gets to, you turn this way, he's repeating the same thing he said. You turn that way. You know that that is the truth and nothing but what? That is the truth. You see, hallelujah. In fact, one of the ways you know people who lie is that they talk too much. They say, I'm coming to your house tomorrow. It's like, I'm serious. You know, I swear. Listen, just, I'm not joking. <laughs> I'm going to do this. If you're telling the truth, why all the, you know, theatrics? It's not necessary. Jesus had told them, this is the only way. Unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. Whether you quarrel amongst it or not, they cannot improve on it. The truth has no mequatalism. Do you know what's over there? The truth cannot be improved upon. You see, anywhere you see it being, you know, packaged and rearranged, it's not the truth. Jesus said to them, when he said it to them the first time, he didn't add verily, verily. It was when they quarreled. He told them, this position. New King James says, most assuredly. But I like the way King James says, verily, verily, I say what? I say unto you, unless. So, you and I must understand. You see, people have this human mind to help God. God, who is love, knows that he cannot help anyone who doesn't love the truth. Praise the Lord. So the human being, if he tells you the truth and he sees you're not happy, he will dilute the truth. That's what's happening in our churches today. Because, you know, you look at the world today, things are so tough. So how can you tell the people of the world today that fornication will send you to hell? Ah, adultery will send you to hell. So you tell them, well... No, Jesus says, verily, verily, fornicators, adulterers, liars will not inherit what? Whether you like it or not, that's the truth. Praise God. And now Jesus himself said, you shall know the truth and what will happen? The truth shall set you free. So what's he saying? He's saying this truth is not going to become easy. It's not going to sound sweet. But when you know it and embrace it, the same truth will be your deliverance. Is someone with me today? So note, he didn't change the situation. He didn't say to them, well, well, what I meant is that I will give you bread that I will call my flesh. What I meant was that I will actually take wine and bless the wine so that the wine will represent. You know, he could have done that. But he was going somewhere. Let's continue in that 53. 54, 55. Okay, whosoever eats my flesh and drink. No, let, let's go back to New King James now. I'll raise him up at the last day. Okay, 54, 55, 56, yes. So, this is what he begins to say. He says, whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has what? We're making progress now. He says, and I'll raise him up at the last day. 55, please. For my flesh is food indeed. Uh-huh. And my blood is what? Drink indeed. Uh-huh. Okay, let's see. What kind of food is it? What kind of drink is it? 56 says, he who eats my flesh and drinks my blood. What does he do? Abides in me and I in him. You know what he's doing now? He's taking it further to help them understand what he's talking about. Because now he's saying, if I eat his flesh and drink his blood something is going to happen to me what will happen to me my eye goes shine is that what he said no he said you will abide in me and i in him so we begin to see where he is what where he's driving at where he's going okay let's see 57 then we'll look at the two together 57 says as the living father sent me and i live because of the father that word because of his by i live from okay so it's like you and I are living now. We live by breathing in oxygen, isn't it? So the day I stop breathing in oxygen, I'm saying I stop living. Okay? So it says, as the living father sent me, and I live because of my breathing, my fellowshipping, my interaction with the father. So he who feeds on me, so he who eats my flesh and drinks my blood will do what? Will live because of me. Jesus from 56 and 57 was simply saying to the Jews at this time, this thing that we have together, it's going to have to get so intimate. It's only the intimacy between you and I that will keep you alive. Praise God, somebody. Let let me still break it down. You see? 
Can you give me 56 in the message translation, please? 56 and 57, message translation. Thank you. Let's read it. 56, everybody. It said, by eating my flesh and drinking my blood, what happens? You enter, take it easy. You enter what? And I, he's saying what I'm telling you about is that this relationship between you and I, this master, this savior, all of that that we're talking about, is going to get so intimate that you cannot see me apart from you. You cannot see you apart from me. Now, what that is, is immediately implies this. You can't continue if you really don't want it. Praise the Lord. It's going to cost you everything, and it's going to cost me everything. We get into this thing, and every bit of us have to get into it. You see, Jesus was putting it right before them, what it was from the beginning. Remember, when God created man, the Bible says he breathed into man what? The breath of life. A man became what? A living soul. So man was apart from the earth where God took the soil to form man, right? And then man was also apart what? The spirit of God, the breath of God. Jesus was saying, I've come to restore you to where you're not just a human being walking the earth. You are a human being carrying God inside of you. That's why you have to eat me and then I will be inside of you and then you continue to eat me and I'll continue to be what? Inside of you. He says, unless it's like that, you will have no life. Praise God. We're still going somewhere, okay? So, it was a call. Basically, it was a call to intimacy. Now, what you eat, where is it found after some time? It's inside of you. It enters your bloodstream. Some of them, even your pores. For those who eat garlic and all of those things, you wave to somebody. Garlic waves to the person. Am I right? Are there Indians here or their cousins? Okay, let's leave the Indians. Anybody eat sapo here? If you eat it, there's a place they used to sell it in Lagos. Then when you finish eating as you're going, they give you ditto. They give you bleach. They give you, you know, uh, medicated powder, all kinds of things. The thing, no, they go because you have eaten it. It has to bear witness anywhere you enter. As you greet the people, good morning. Apple will greet them, good morning. <laughs> uh, you're laughing at Tibo food now. You know the one that they eat from your side that does also go. Okay, praise the Lord. Okay, so eating implies the highest form of intimacy. It gets into you. You're in it. When the rain is touched on your blood, it won't just be your DNA. It's going to have the food represented there. Jesus was saying something to us. Amen? Praise the Lord. Now, I want you to see something. We're going to go to Genesis and we're going to see something. Every Christian knows what Adam did, what caused the fall of Adam and Eve, right? What was the cause of Adam and Eve's fall? He ate, thank you. Okay? He disobeyed God. Thank you very much. Let's come to Genesis 3. Okay? So Genesis chapter 3 was where the serpent came and deceived the woman and the earth, the fruit they shouldn't eat. Verse 7. Okay, let me read 6 so we get the background. Verse 6 says, So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, that it was pleasant to the eyes, and a tree desirable to make one wise, she took of its fruit and ate. She also gave to her husband with her, and he ate. Let's read 7. Then the eyes of both of them were open, and they knew that they were naked, and they sewed thick leaves together and made themselves coverings. Okay? And they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. Okay? Praise God. What they did was they ate the fruit that they shouldn't eat. What happened to them? Remember, Jesus is saying, if you eat my flesh, this is what is going to happen. You and I will what? Become intermingled. We'll have an intercourse. There'll be intimacy between you and I, okay? Let's see what he was healing and correcting, okay? When Adam and Eve ate the fruit that they ate, the Bible says both their eyes were what? Open. So that was an effect of the eating. Were they blind before? So what kind of opening is this? Praise the Lord. What were their eyes open to? They were not created blind. Okay, we're going to get back to that. Okay? And it says, and they knew they were what? 
Listen now. And they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves what? Okay. It's getting interesting. Verse 7 here immediately tells us how humankind can begin to engage in futility. Let me hear you say futility. You see, these people were living, moving freely, living their lives, and they knew they were naked. Were they looking like madmen before? Praise God. So, were they naked before that time? <laughs> Praise the Lord. For whatever be the case, what they had before that time was not making them ashamed. But all of a sudden, a sense of shame came up. And if anybody here has been a sinner, you will know the sense of shame. Because you don't need anybody to tell you. The normal people will call it guilty conscience. You tell somebody, oh boy, Hannah, why, why are you insulting me? You're just greeting the person. I've told you the story about a friend of mine that um, helped me sell my car in Lagos many years ago. And he brought the money to me, a large sum of money, you know, way back then. I think it was about 700 or 800,000 there, then, 1996 or so. And he brought it to my house in the night in Antony Village, in Lagos. And he said, let's count it. You know what I, I will do? I said, let's hide it. Tomorrow I'll go to the bank. When I went to the bank, the money was short by about 100,000. So I just called him and said, ah, you know, oh boy, these people underpaid you. He said, are you calling me a thief? Somebody paid you and you came and, paid and brought the money to me. And then I'm reporting to you that I'm at the bank and the money is short. And then I'm calling you a thief. He was naked. Sin makes you what? Naked. And when you're naked, you look for everything to cover it. You're getting understanding today. So why do people do practice more sin? Why do people take drugs? Because they want to cover something. Why do people steal billions of naira when they can survive with millions of naira? Because sin has nakeded them. Can you allow me to speak English now? Thank you. Sin has nakeded them, so they have to keep looking for coverage. If you read that text, the Bible says they sowed fig leaves together, what? To make themselves. Imagine a dress of fig leaves. When you make it in the morning, by afternoon it dries up and it falls away. That's the pursuit of futility that mankind has begun since man fell. Thinking that this next one will satisfy. That next one will satisfy. That next one will satisfy. That next one will satisfy. If I can get this one, if I can reach this high, if I can touch, if I can do this. Solomon tried it. 1,000 women. He still wasn't satisfied. At the end, he came and told us, bros, all is what? He was in a fallen state. He was in a state where he was suffering a full dose of the effects of the fall. We are looking at the effects of the fall here. So their eyes were open to see what they shouldn't see or to see what was, you know, we don't know the details. But we know they were naked according to their own testimony. And then they started a practice, a pursuit of what can never satisfy. And, you know, so some of these things, when you look at them, you don't need to look too far. Look at your life and look at how many things you thought that if God did this one for you, ah, I'm settled. Praise the Lord. And that should make you wiser today. Because that thing you're killing yourself about, that God just do this for me. He has done more things like that for you in the past. But they no longer count. You know why? The man who is missing it is in an exercise of futility. It's a sowing of fig leaves. May the Lord cover us with his glory in the name of Jesus. Okay. The next thing we see there, verse 8 says, they heard the sound of the Lord God working in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife, what did they do? They hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God. Okay? Can you give us that verse 18 message translation, please? Let's see the way he put it. They put it in an interesting way. It says, when they heard the sound of God strolling in the garden in the evening breeze, it says the man and his wife, what did they do? They hid in the trees of the garden. Now look at the second one. What does it say? Hid from God. Now I want you to picture again now. Okay. M many years ago, uh, my wife had a salon and a friend of mine came to do pedicure. This guy that came to do pedicure, what they brought out from his feet can make a mango tree grow. The manure from his feet. 
Uh, they were scraping the thing out like, <laughs> hallelujah. Praise the Lord. They were scraping it out. Now, the man and his wife hid amongst the trees, hid from God. When a man hides from his God who made him, it's like a car hiding from the mechanic or those who will service it. It's like your clothing hiding from those who will wash it and take care of it. How will you look? Hid from his maker. Hid from his manufacturer. Hid from the one who maintains him. Hid from the one who sustains him. Hid from the one who repairs him. Hid from the one who looks at him and says, we need to touch up here. We need to build up here. That was the effect of the fall. Now, since that time, man has been, you know, finding ingenious ways to cover up that failure, that lack. And that is what Jesus was saying to us when he said, unless you and I get back to that relationship where I am in you and you are in me now. I, I immediately, let, let's go back to the uh, New King James now. Immediately we see the present. The man that fell, notice all that we are reading here. God hasn't said anything. No. Praise the Lord. God hasn't said, okay, uh, the ground is cursed and all of that. No, this is just what is happening to man without God's impute. This is what it says. It says they hid from the presence of the Lord God. Child of God, the communion is Jesus' provision that where we run off to, we can run back and have fellowship with the Father as it once was in the beginning. Can somebody say thank you, Jesus? So the Christian is not necessarily somebody who does that or the no. The Christian is somebody who has come back to the manufacturer's prescribed relationship, which is what? I in you and you what? In me. Now, the truth is this. It's as simple as that. But as you understand, every other thing flows from it. Because this presence of God is now what makes a man live life on this earth and he does not respond like the average man you see. It makes a woman live life on this earth and does not respond like the average woman you see. Why? Because notice that it was when this presence of God left. We're going to see a proper illustration there. We see what happened. It was when man began to lose consciousness of this presence that man began to lack everything that man lacks. What clothes? Uh, Adam and Eve before the fall was the glory of the, it was the awareness it's like a child how many of us have carried children and children can be very mean you carry a child and the child is sleeping on your shoulder and the child starts sleeping children don't know but the child is in deep sleep you now want to do something else you take the child you keep on the bed yeah yeah what has my shoulder got to do with your sleeping now, it's the, that level of dependence that God is saying to you. And man had left God such that every other thing could not satisfy, could not make sense again. And man, the fallen man, does everything, even the good. That's why the Bible calls it dead works. Even the good fallen man does is an exercise in futility because that didn't need to score points. Whereas you're not submitting to the one who created you, who made you, who sustained you. Is someone getting me this morning? So we see here that there is a problem. And that problem is this. The presence of God was lost. Come with me to Genesis 4. I'll show you a more clear illustration so you catch it. In Genesis chapter 4, the Bible tells us from verse 1, tells us about Adam and Eve, about Cain and Abel. And 4 says, 3, let me read 3. And in the process of time, it came to pass that Cain brought an offering of the fruit of the ground to the Lord. Abel also brought of the firstborn of his flock and of their fat. And the Lord respected Abel and his offering, but he did not respect Cain and his offering. And Cain was angry, very angry, and his countenance fell. Okay, God called out to me and said, why don't you do well? If you do well, you know, we're going to have this sorted out. Long and short, he didn't listen to God and he killed his brother. Verse 9. Then the Lord said to Cain, where is Abel your brother? He said, I do not know. Am I my brother's keeper? And he said, what have you done? What have you done, Cain? The voice of your brother's blood cries out to me from the ground. Okay, so he says to him, so now you're cursed from the earth, which has opened its mouth to receive your brother's blood from your hand. When you till the ground, this is what it's going to be, okay? Now, let's look at 15 and 16. Or rather, let's read from 13. 
And Cain said to the Lord, my punishment is greater than I can bear. Surely you have driven me out this day from the face of the ground. I shall be hidden from your face. I shall be a fugitive and a vagabond on the earth. And it will happen that anyone who finds me will kill me. And the Lord said, Cain, don't worry about somebody killing you. That's not the problem. What did he say to Cain? He said, and the Lord set a mark on Cain so that what? Lest anyone, please help me, so that lest anyone what? So what did God do? He preserved Cain's life. Cain killed Abel. What should be done to Cain? He should be killed. Then Cain says to God, if you just leave me like that, they're going to kill me. God said, no, they won't kill you. I put a seal on you. I protect you. Read the next verse, 16. Then Cain went out. From where? From where? From where? In conclusion, even though I'm not concluding, the greatest loss man can suffer is loss of the presence of the Lord God. Brothers and sisters, heaven is the presence of the Lord. Hell is the absence of the Lord. The Bible says Enoch walked with God, okay, and walked with God, and walked with God. What was happening? Enoch got so intimate with the Lord that the division between earth and heaven became blood. And all of a sudden, Enoch found himself in heaven. Those days, people don't trek again. This day. Have you gone to see off a friend and you see off your friend to his or her house and then you get to the person's house and you're still gisting and the person sees you off to where again? What is happening? It's fellowship. It becomes so sweet that there is no drawing line. No drawn line. Nothing. That's what happened with Enoch. Enoch was so much in fellowship with God that they were talking. They were talking. And next thing they found themselves in heaven. They continued talking. He said, Enoch, do you want to go home? Let me just stay. Say, but you haven't died. Say, we'll sort it out later. That's how Enoch is. And the people on earth were looking for Enoch. We saw him pass like this. They were looking around everywhere he passed. They didn't see him fall dead. You know why? He was so taken in, in this fellowship with God. That's what Jesus was telling us. That he that will leave must come to the place where he takes so much of me in. And then I'll take so much of it in. So that you can separate the two of us. You see, when you begin to understand this, you understand what Christianity is about. Christianity is first and foremost God restoring us to the original intent of his heart. Let us make man according to our image, according to our likeness, and let them have what? Dominion. The first thing there is likeness. The second thing there is now the process of dominating and all of that is secondary. If you get the likeness, invariably, every other thing will flow. But that likeness, we don't notice it now. Just like Cain's case now. Cain, you can say, had divine protection. But let's look in details and see the type of divine protection he had. So it says, Cain went out from the presence of the Lord and dwelt in the land of Nod on the east of Eden. This is like Bible study, right? Can we please look at the message translation to see what this place is? Verse 16. Okay. Read it for me. Get ready with other translation. He said, Cain left the presence of God and what? Okay, let's see the Amplified. He lived in a land that is called no man's what? Let's see Amplified. Let's read it, everybody. So Cain went away from the presence of the Lord and dwelt where? In the land of wandering. How can a man dwell and be wandering at the same time? Are you getting what we're talking about? You see, the presence of God is the greatest blessing he can give to you. Let, let, let me break it down for them. Okay. So, you know I love my wife, okay? So, if I take, um, I don't have money now. I have card though. Let me find the one that doesn't have plenty of money. If I take this card now, she has my pin and give her, okay? I said if I take, I haven't given. <laughs> that has my pin and give her, okay? And say, take up to half of my kingdom. If she takes it and goes and takes the money, what will happen? Will the money still be with me? Why? Because she has what? When man gives you something, what he gives you is separated from himself. Okay? So if I give you my glasses now, 
I will not have these glasses because I've given my glasses to you. I've given it to you. Okay, praise God. When God gives you money, when God gives you anything God gives you, you know what happens? God is omnipresent. You live in God. You have your being in God. You move in God. So if God gives you Abuja, you don't take Abuja from God. Because Abuja is in God. If God gives you money, you don't take it from God. Because all of that is in what? God is omnipresent. You live in him and move in him. It is the foolish one that when God gives him money, wants to hide from God. That's why money has not satisfied you. That's why that blessing has not satisfied you. Because you took it, but you left the user manual. You left the password to enjoy that blessing. Because you thought you have gotten the blessing. You're running. God has blessed me. You're like Cain. God, they won't kill me. They won't kill me. But the land you're dwelling in is a land of Nod. It's a land you can't sleep in. There was the Bible say the wicked cannot sleep. So he was alive. He was alive, but he was better dead. Abel was dead, but was resting. Cain was alive, but was restless. Because one was with the presence of the Lord. One was with. That is the folly of mankind today. They think they have things. For from you are all things. We learned it last, Wednesday, last Sunday. Sorry. If you go listen to that message, it's very important. I know it will hurt a lot of people, especially those who think they are made. But who made you? When God blessed you, he didn't bless you away from him. In fact, the greatest blessing God can give a man is to bring him close to himself. That's why Moses said to God, who shall I tell the people that? He said, tell them I am. Because everywhere you are, I am. Everything you need, I am. Every circumstance, I am. So the wise have come to treasure God's presence. I know the thing that kills God's presence like any other thing. It's not sickness. It's not death. It's not poverty. It is sin. And that's what people don't understand. So when they look at their lives, they say, God has blessed me. It's the blessing of Cain. It's the blessing of wandering. It's the blessing of the land of Nod. It's the blessing that they give you so that you'll clear from his memory. Somebody put a picture where they teared off somebody's face. And they say that's how they used to unfriend people those days. You know, today, if you're unfriending someone on Facebook, you delete. Those days, if you bring the physical picture, you scratch. Is somebody getting in there? So Jesus was saying to the disciples or to the Jews here, he said, what I want to have for you is to have me so intimate with you that whatever it is that happens, you will always have me. Now, let me ask you another question. How many of us believe that God is just? God is true. God is right. God cannot do evil. Now, if God is just, let's take an illustration now. Um, I hope Pujo is making a final kind of Pujo um, 708, you know, SUV, whatever. So Pujo makes a Pujo 708, okay? Would they make some to have one Kwashioka disease and some to just be so solid? Would they do that? There's what they call quality control tests, right? Every of that car that is going to come out from the assembly line will be tested to make sure it meets the standard, isn't it? Now, you and I are all God's creation. You and I are all God's children. Why is it that some of us come with this circumstance? Some of us come with this situation. What is the quality control God is doing so that God cannot be accused of cheating you and blessing her? Cheating her and blessing you. What is the quality control? You know what it is? His presence. He makes sure that every one of his... That's why the Bible told us Joseph was a slave in the house of his master Potiphar. At the same time, his brothers were in their father's house. Joseph was a slave, but what was with him? The presence of God was with him. So somebody saying, I'm not blessed. It depends whether you're talking of after the fall or after reconciliation. With the fall, men counted blessing. We don't have time to look into it. If you can read, the descendants of Esau, descendants of Cain, first of all, were so prosperous. They prospered. But they did not have God's presence. Because God actually doesn't care. When Satan came to tempt Job, okay? You think he wanted to kill Job? That was not his goal. That was not his goal. Just kill Job. Uh And he goes to heaven. He has lost one permanently. You know what he said? 
when he got to the height of his temptation, he said, curse God and die. What does cursing God imply? Disconnected. Disconnected from God. When you curse God, you lose his presence. That's what he was going for. He wasn't really about his wealth. He wasn't really about fruit of the womb. Sir, what you're going through is not what you think it's about. It's about your, the presence of God. The demons look at you. They're not envious of your suit. They don't wear suit. What Satan lost is what he's envious of you about. Satan didn't lose gold. I read somewhere recently, I don't know if you have read about it, but you know they said wood is more precious than diamond in actuality. That you haven't read it, I can see. Okay, you know wood is so common everywhere. It said wood exists only in this planet. How many of us know that? A man needs wood to breathe, okay? But do you know there are planets that the core is made of diamond? There are planets that their volcanic eruption rains out diamond. Thank you. Demons, the devil is not envious. You know, he's not fighting what you're fighting. He's fighting to separate you. He's fighting to break the fellowship. He's fighting to make you feel comfortable without God. Why? Because that's what he suffered. Satan did not lose anything apart from being banished from God's presence. Satan can never get God's approval. He can never get the smile of God. He can get things of the creation of God. He can even have control over it. But he can never hear. What did God say to the son? This is my beloved son. What? In whom I am what? That's what he's fighting. Satan can never hear it. But you can hear it. And that's our pursuit. Let's rise on our feet. That's where we're going to. That's what this whole thing is all about. So the Christian understands. The nation, things are tough in Nigeria. Things are difficult. Marriage is difficult. My husband is wicked. My wife is that. My children are that. I'm not earning enough money. All of that, the root cause of the problem or why that thing is being, you know, so pressed on you is so that you can be disconnected from the presence. And Jesus speaking to us from our text says, as the living father who sent me, as I live by him, those who feed on me will live by me. What's he saying? He's saying that all problems, all issues of life can be solved by the same process. By getting so connected to the master. You know, there are some things that you see in the Bible and it just amazes you. The Bible did not tell us Moses was fasting. But the Bible said when Moses was in the tabernacle with the Lord, for how many days he didn't eat? He didn't drink water. Jesus drank water. But because he was so in the presence of God, every sense of need, every sense of hunger left him. That's the place they're calling you and I to. So they don't look around and you're looking for fig leaves to cover yourself. No, you're looking for the presence of God to saturate you. When that happens, prove the word of God. You will see everything will do what? will begin to fall in place. Just everybody, heads bowed down, all eyes closed. I want to pray for somebody here. I want to ask you, are you like Cain? Everything looks okay. But you know that God is not with you. Or maybe Adam's situation will help you. You have been covering and covering and covering. You know, some of us are very bold. If you went to boarding house, you will understand what I'm saying. There are some people in boarding house those days that can't tell, they can't tell lies. When they tell lies, their lies are genuine. I was in secondary school in 1980 to 85. I had friends who told us that their fathers had Mercedes 2000 SSZ. You know, so Bobo, you know the type of Bobo that even movie producers can't think of. <laughs> you know, they have that capacity. And the same way there are people in church today that they come to church every day. But their lives, there is no God in them. They are just carrying and acting. How can you continue like that? How can you continue like that? There is an emptiness you know, but you are packaging it. You are putting in all kinds of nice things on it. And making yourself appear like you are in the fellowship. But you know that inside of you, you are not. How long do you want to continue? This morning, Jesus said, tell them straight. My blessing is to live in them. I want to bless them with me. 
I want to saturate them with my life. I want everyone who hears you to be so full of God. So that we can get back to the way it was from the beginning. So everywhere you appear, the demons can say, what do we have to do with you? So you can lie down on the bed and have a peace. You can have a rest that no man can explain. It's not circumstantial. It is divine. You can walk around knowing that it is well with your soul. More than a song. You know with the challenges of finances and all the economic challenges and security in this nation. You can go out and come in and know that you are not depending on yourself to keep you. You have a God that you have surrendered your life to. You have a master. You have a keeper. You, the psalmist said, the Lord is my shepherd. You have a shepherd. This morning I want to pray for somebody here. Who is saying, Lord, I'm that one. I want a restoration. I see the effects in my life all over. Bring me in. Come into my life. Lord Jesus, I say yes. It's not what I'm saying now. You already had, you knew you needed this. I want you to raise your hand so I can pray with you. Let me pray with you. Jesus, Jesus, I come to you today. He's the one you're coming to. He's not the preacher enough of this sowing fig leaves jesus is the one talking to you you can't continue the way of cain you can't continue like adam and eve why do you hide from light why do you hide from the one who will bless you why do you hide from the one who made you God, enough of this i can't be coming here and know that i'm full of things that shouldn't be no more i can't continue that life it's not wise of me People look at me and think everything is okay. But I know that God is not living inside of me. I know he's not inside of me. I know I don't have his presence. This morning he's saying, I want to fill you with me. I want to bless you with me. I want to satisfy you with me. That's what it was in the beginning. Lord, I thank you. I have this, I have that. Or I don't have this, I don't have that. I thought my problem was money. I thought my problem was a husband or wife. But this morning, I see that my problem is being far away from your presence. I'm coming back. Father, we thank you. Those of us that are here, say after me, Lord Jesus. I come to you today. I acknowledge that you are the son of God. You came into this world to die for sinners. To reconcile sinners back to the father. I am one of them. I believe you died on the cross for my sins. I believe that you rose on the third day for my justification. Jesus, I run to you today. Save me. Wash me. In your blood give me the gift of your holy spirit and from today give me the power to live life as a daughter of god as a son of god write my name in that book of life forever lord live in me and i will live in you i am born again i am forgiven i'm a new person thank you jesus thank you jesus before we go to the communion some also very important thing we need to understand just following from this john 8 29 please you can put it on the screen you know we know so well that god is love and god's you know like people have said which needs a bit of um, explanation god's love is unconditional i think we need to know something that god indeed is love and god loves indeed at all times and god you know somehow we can say loves us no matter what okay but there's something I want you to see in that 829. Can we read it together? Our Lord Jesus Christ speaking said what? And he who sent me is what? Okay. The father has not what? Hold on. Hold on. Who is speaking here? Who is the father? God the father, right? Jesus is saying God the father has not left God the son. Why? Be- wait, wait, wait. Why? Because he's God the son. Now, if God the Son, there is a possibility of God the Father leaving God the Son alone. Isn't that what that statement is saying? Now, what does it say? It says, for what? I always do those things that what? Now, presence 
brings a responsibility. That's where I'm going. You know, we make being born again a one-act event. So some of us here say, I got born again in 1994. I got born again in 1997. I got born again in 2003. Wonderful. He has become your father. Amen? But this is what the son, the only begotten of the father, the firstborn says. He said, he who sent me is what? Is always with me. Give us, um, I think we need that in which translation now, the message translation. He who sent me is always with me. It says, why? He's telling us. He said, the one who sent me stays with me. He doesn't abandon me. He says, why? He sees how much joy I take in what? In pleasing him. If you are not doing that, then it's very possible the middle of that statement has happened. You're on your own. You gave your life to Christ some time ago. The Bible says, do not quench the spirit. It's in the Bible. The Bible says, do not grieve the Holy Spirit. Which is in the Bible. It says, do not resist the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit has been given to you, but you can quench him. That word that says quench means extinguish. If there is fire and you extinguish it, what will you have? Will you still have fire? You will have ashes. For us in this year, the word is bringing to somebody is that for this presence to continue look at what the way they put it, it say how much joy that's what we we're talking about last sunday christianity where they force you to do something is not real the psalmist said i was glad when they do what when they said to me let us go to the house of the lord i must be glad to please him i must be glad to search out the things that excite him why because i know that what his presence like the songwriter says is heaven to me so how do i know what to do in a situation simple pastor livingstone if i came to your office now there are some calls that are not bad but you say i will call you back am i right am i right everybody you won't take it where i am because pastor is with you it's not a bad call but it's a distraction hallelujah now you begin to live your life knowing that god is with you there are some things words you can't say there are some acts you can't act there are some things that ordinarily you may have enjoyed it but you can't enjoy it again it embarrasses you now that's what the life of god does for you when you become born again the things people used to boast about will embarrass you ah, i told him off when a christian tells someone off and comes home in the night he repents his heart beats him why because you are no longer alone i want you to lift up your hands and ask for grace because it's the blessing the lord said i should release to you the presence a flow such mighty presence of god going with you even for the rest of this year that you can say like our master jesus he who sent me i am not alone you're a businessman you can say in this business i am not alone sir you can say in that home as a married man you can say in that your office as a young you know employee you can say in that environment as a student you can say in this nation with the difficulties going he say i may live in this apartment alone but i'm not alone why because the father is always with me everything i do i put him into consideration i want to please him i want to honor him the way i treat my wife the way i treat my children the way i treat my employer the way i serve the way i do everything i want to honor him lord i receive that grace today i receive that blessing today i receive that favor today that is what i come to ask of you because you said unless i eat your flesh and drink your blood i have no life i want this life i want your life running in me lord help me lord that this will be my testimony as i look back in my life i can say like my lord jesus christ said he who sent me is always with me he has not left me alone because i take joy in pleasing him and then the father can say from where he is this is my beloved daughter this is my beloved son this is my beloved businessman this is my beloved husband in whom i am well pleased and then the people will look at you and take note of you that you have been with the lord father we give you the praise it shall be so in the name of jesus christ 
thank you, O Lord. And because your presence is with your people, troubles vanish, hearts are mended, devils they flee. Hallelujah. Somebody give a shout of hallelujah. You've been listening to a message by Pastor Ike Naokeke of the Father's Church. We are sure you've been blessed. We invite you to worship with us at Eden Center, Barnex Guarimpa Expressway, near Next Kashinkari, Abuja. For telephone 09-290-9000 or 0703-158-404. You can find us online at www that the father's church online.org God bless you